Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Lizzie Fitzpatrick, singer and guitarist in Bitch Falcon, the Dublin grunge band who released their long-awaited debut album Staring at Clocks via Small Pond Records in November. They're among the 10 acts nominated for the Choice Prize, which is being announced next Thursday, March 4th, on 2FM between midday and 3pm. Earlier this week, I posted my interview with fellow nominee Jay Yellowell, and over the past year, there have been interviews with Silverbacks, Nia Vregan, Alvaretti, and Pillow Queens. So six of the ten nominated acts have been on the TPOE podcast over the past year. That's not too bad a hit rate, right? Over the weekend, or on Monday, depending, uh, come back to check out the annual Choice Prize preview show with John Barker from Totally Irish. As we go through all 10 of the nominated acts, and who we think is going to walk away with the prize. But today is all about Bitch Falcon. Coming up, you can hear Lizzie discuss their lineup changes over the past seven or so years, whether it feels like a totally different band now, how her work as a nurse during the COVID-19 pandemic has put everything else on the back foot, and how Staring at Clocks was recorded. She also reveals who she wants to see win the Choice Prize next week. You can stream, purchase and download Staring at Clocks on bitchfalcon.bandcamp.com and stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear Gaslight, the penultimate track on the blistering album that's meant to be played loud. Here's Lizzie from Bitch Falcon on the Point of Everything podcast. So great to talk to you again. How are you feeling about the Choice Prize? Congratulations on being nominated for it. Thanks very much. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of mad. Like it's kind of exciting, but also once you're not talking about it, it's like out of your mind, you know, because it's you just kind of get on with your daily life, and it's so because it's online now. You can't, you can't. It's, it's unfortunate that you can't get to go to Vicar Street and stuff like that. That that would have been amazing. But uh, yeah, it's great to get the recognition, you know, it's, 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 it's great. I well, didn't expect it at all. Like I didn't, I wasn't even listening to when they were announcing and stuff like that. And I got a text up and I'd been like, we did it. I was just like, what? <laughs> 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 but then, yeah, it was, it was a shock. Like I just didn't see it coming at all. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I was, I was talking about it uh, today, just how kind of sad it is that like you guys and all of the other acts aren't going to be able to play to a full Vicker Street. Like playing Vicker Street is just like, I think it's on so many bands, like list of goals and stuff. So it's it's yeah. so sad that like you won't be able to get to experience it. I know, yeah, yeah. And just like the the crack, like just with all the, the other crack bands afterwards. And, and, you know, the other people like just in the music scene and industry, it's, it's always great to just get pissed and just have a bit of a laugh, you know, like just miss that desperately, you know, like, and it seems like a great party. So, yeah, oh well. On the plus side, though, like, I, I don't know how generally how people are feeling about the way that they're doing it this year, like instead of the the big live show at Vicker Street, and it is a live show, like they're announcing it on daytime radio on the Tracy Clifford show on, on 2FM, like on, on the other hand, on the plus side, it's like, when else are Bitch Falcon going to get played on Irish daytime radio? Oh, you there know? you it's, go. It's... Yeah, that's just it's like, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, 
2 FM were like, oh yeah, we're pushing you there. I'm like, oh cool, yeah, great. <laughs> it's about bloody time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so tell me about the recording of Staring at Clocks. Like I've talked to you before, like years and years ago. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I would have guessed that it would have taken you so long to record this album. Are you surprised that it took you so long to to put out your debut album? Yeah, like I guess, you know, we just had lineup changes and we always kind of fell short with writing because, you know, we'd always be practicing for gigs. I think we practiced a bit too much maybe and uh, just didn't write, write uh, didn't have confidence in ourselves, I think, for a long time, you know. We just really, we're just like, oh, that's bad, that's bad. And it took us a long time to actually be happy with what we were writing. So I think it just really, when it, when it got to a point, we're like, okay, this is it. And, you know, we even, at that point, we're like, oh, I don't know if it's enough time to record an album. I think we're just a bit too neurotic. And <laughs> so it just like, you know, we got we got to a point where we're like, look, we have to do it. And it was great once we did it. And I was like, why didn't we do this all the time? It was, <laughs> it was a lot easier than, than I thought it was. But um, yeah, it just, you know, things change and, and, and priorities change a bit. And I guess it just, it would have been better to be doing it earlier, but it would have been a completely different album, you know. In in what terms of sound or just like the, the personnel and writing, involved? like you know, like the old stuff is very different from what the album is, and so I think if we did a debut album two years after the band started, it would have been just completely different from what it is now. So, but I guess I think a lot people put a lot of like wait into like debut albums like this is your first offering into the world and stuff like that and and you know as a musician there's a lot of pressure like you have to get it right the first time and it's kind of like so I think a bit of that weighed onto it as well to be like no we have to make sure everything is right before we we put out our album because that's it but I think you know there's a lot of bands that have done well in their second albums more so than the first you know yeah so yeah I guess a, a combination of uh, not having the confidence to put out stuff before and time you know we all work full time it's it's hard to um it's it sounds like you've almost talked yourselves out of releasing an album in the past but by the way you're 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 saying it there it sounds like yeah. maybe you were closed in the process before and you just were like no no now's not the right time I think you know we were writing stuff and it just wasn't really hitting the mark and then it and then when it did when we all really were like that's what we want to do then we were ready and you know you know people have come and left the band we kind of a bit of an open door policy as it turns to the band <laughs> so like you know there's, there's a good bit of time in getting people like up to gigs gig ready and then and and then having fun playing gigs touring and then you know you have to fit in writing as well which is just a bit difficult so just I think we just let time kind of pass really when you talk about that that writing aspect when you know that like a track isn't right or something is that kind of a collective realization or is it kind of something that you just know straight away that like no nah, it's it's just not the right song for us or it's just not good enough oh there's like loads like, of like, like flings with songs there's loads of like oh my god oh my god this song is so sexy you're like yeah it's amazing and then like you know a day or two later you're like oh no like that's bad so <laughs> um I don't know. Maybe there could have been a lot of albums if we weren't so maybe critical of ourselves, maybe. Uh, but uh, yeah, like sometimes, it, you know, and then 
not knowing where a song can go like you can have a riff and a chorus or something like that and you're like this is really cool I really love that but then you're just like but where does it go like you can't connect something afterwards sometimes so yeah sometimes songs get lost in the kind of ether of unknown songs they're just kind of invalids and they're just like lost riffs wandering around wondering what they're supposed to do like so but yeah the songs that make it like some songs are really easy to write like Gaslight was just knocked it out in a day it just happened but some songs took ages to like like staring at clocks took so long to actually get the vocal melody right you know so it, it depends on the song sometimes it's just easy and it just it works and so how do you guys work was it maybe say for this album like did you have all of the songs ready to go and like are, are you making them all together in the room at the same time or is everyone kind of bringing going away coming up with the ideas and bringing them all back we generally wrote all together so it would just be someone would play something and then we would just build on that and like that you know gaslight was very quick some songs you'd build you have a riff and then they would go into a riff bank or a sound bank of, of a kind of vibe. And then you were like, oh, well, that didn't work there. So maybe we could piece them together, kind of puzzle them. And then I would write the vocals over it usually. So it wasn't really one person kind of writing a song. There were some things like, you know, like uh, Turn to Gold. I kind of wrote a few different parts. Like I wrote the bass line or something like that. And then I was like, play that. And then Barry wrote more on top of that and top of that. So it was a lot very collaborative, but mostly jamming it out. I was reading an interview with you earlier. I think it was on Golden Plaque. Um, it sounds like it came together quite quickly in the studio, was it? It was like a couple of weeks recording. It was one week recording, yeah. One and, week, um, wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, see, we kind of, it was one week recording and then I wasn't up to scratch with my vocals. I think I had, I kind of, you know, I'm very shy with my lyric writing. So I was, you know, I didn't want to have really bad lyrics and I was writing them and I was nearly ready by the time we got to the studio. So in terms of recording the music, we just set up live and we just played it all out. And then that was the main thing done. We could add synths and production to it. But the vocals, they're just, were pretty hard to kind of get right. I wasn't, I wasn't hitting the mark. And so I actually recorded a lot of the vocals in my apartment. So um, the they just gave me a, a vocal mic and a, a preamp and I just annoyed my neighbours for a week or so. <laughs> do you, do you, are, you, are you shy about talking about the, the lyric writing? Like, oh, I think I'm, I'm confident about it now. Like it just, uh, yeah, it's just difficult, you know, because oh, I just, you know, I don't like bad lyrics at all. And it's pretty hard to judge yourself, you know, you just... You're just like, oh, I was a bit cringy, do you know? <laughs> and and kind of like being in the studio, doing a kind of all eyes on you isn't something that you like either. Yeah, it depends. Like sometimes, you know, I'll be confident about it. Like, oh, that's class and I get it. And sometimes I'll be very shy about it. And then later on, they're like, oh, no, I really love those lyrics. I'm like, okay. I don't know. I don't know how to judge myself sometimes. I think maybe um, I'd be quite critical of myself to a point that I wouldn't really know if it's good or not. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting because like the band's been going for seven years more, mm. longer. Something like that, yeah. And and you're still not really, not really that confident about certain aspects of it. I th- I thought that the confidence would 
you know, like eventually a band kind of reaches like a natural kind of flow of confidence, but obviously it, it's different for everybody, I guess. Uh, like I, I should probably talk to my counselor about it. Like <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's just a confidence issue. But uh, no, like I'm confident in my writing. I'm definitely very confident in melody uh, and performance. But I just, I just, I would be very critical of all the people's lyrics, and so I you know, if I put myself in my own, in other people's shoes, I'd probably be like, oh God, you know, if I looked at my lyrics the way I would look at other people's lyrics, I'd probably be, you know, that's maybe why I think I just, lyrics are just a, a tough spot for me because you want to, you want to, you know, share things with people, but you also don't want to be, you know, a bit cringy, you know? Yeah. I, I guess that's what's great about like being able to make an album in like 2021 or 2020 or whenever is that like, you know, you can just do it at home. Now, you know, you can yeah. just sing to yourself and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And like, you know, I think a lot of the confidence, you know, for us was the performance, you know, that builds really fast. And I think maybe because it took us so long to put out stuff that 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 maybe that confidence there is a little we're a little bit shy, maybe more so than than compared to performing, because we're not shy at all in performing. I think that the live aspect of you guys almost preceded everything that you've done like it just seems like people are always talking about like bitch falcon what an amazing live experience and that goes back like almost to the very start the, mm. the like you were blistering live yeah yeah i think i think it was a real um not a crutch but a, just a very you know that kind of built us up as well because i knew like i think it was always accounts of like our recordings and stuff were okay you know and people were like yeah I kind of liked your stuff but then when I saw you live it was a completely different story and I was like I know I can win people over live and it felt like this power as well and you know sometimes during gigs you know there's certain songs that are like if I didn't really have the crowd I knew with this song I have you now and you're like you're mine like so there was a lovely yeah there was it live it's it's so mad talking about it now because it seems like such a you know back in the days when we could play gigs you know <laughs> so yeah really we we really missed that because I think with this album I think you know I think it did well um uh, in terms of you know in the Irish scene and stuff like that but I think it would have done a lot better if we were able to show people it live you know yeah so so does that kind of live thing kind of almost hang around your necks like it's almost it's almost kind of difficult to shake off but I don't think there's any I think it's a good selling point I don't think there's anything wrong with it I think yeah like maybe if it precedes us a bit and maybe we have to convince people live but you know I guess there's just room for the recordings to catch up rather than you know being bogged down by it what what was your last live show I bet you can remember like every detail that you've just gone over it in your head we I think it was other voices in, ah, in, I, I had that in my head I was at other voices that year what I was going to say about it was that I think I was at another band and I was coming around to where you were playing and like I could hear you from like blocks away oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was great fun that was a great gig yeah it was it was just nice and wild it was just yeah it was great yeah and and so like it comes into 2020 and like were, were you taking a break to record the album or was it done early in 2020? that was done yeah that that would have been done the summer before that yeah. Oh, okay. So you've been sitting on it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's been pushed a bit. It's just, I don't know, in terms of marketing timing, they're just like, oh no, you can't do it this time. You can't do that. You know, they go, 
so we're just okay wait for november so yeah it felt like the right time to do it kind of i guess as well you don't want to sit on it maybe any any longer no no you'd be no we were dying to get it out it was just it was you know we were as soon as you record it of course you want to put it out you're just like get it there you know like um yeah it, it took a little bit of time to get it mixed you know we got it we got it mixed you know remotely and um, my guy in LA Alex Newport and so that was yeah it didn't take that long but I think it just takes a while to like organize all these things I think those that side of music I just don't really enjoy that much at all I just kind of you know business side of it so it just kind of bogs everything down you're like oh god I just want to play <laughs> but it's so necessary you know you you've mentioned it um once or twice already the lineup changes with bitch falcon like do you want to talk about maybe how the band started maybe at first um like what like can you even take yourself back that far along does this does it feel like the same band when you're when you're thinking about like the no, first iteration like a different band. what were the what were the plans what were you going for just to have a bit of mess like well for me like i was I was in another band. It was kind of like college bands and stuff. And we were just having fun, you know, and it was, um, I was in a band with a girl, Aoife Kavanagh and her sister, Fia, who was, she started it really. And so she just asked me if I would play with her and she put up an ad on Gumtree for a drummer and the drummer, Rudmilla, she was uh, Slovene, I think. And uh, she, uh, she came up with the name because we were just like, ah, just something stupid. But then I remember me and Fia, like we were in like Sweeney's, one evening and we were just like if you had to quit your job would you do it like we're just like we're gonna make it as rock and rollers like it was gas like we were completely like caught up in the whole um buzz of it and then you know yeah we had three songs and it was my girlfriend at the time she was playing a gig and she was like oh do you want to get on and play I was like oh yeah cool so we played and yeah we only had three songs no lyrics just sang gibberish and it just went down well. People just liked us. And then we just got loads of buzz after it. And um, we were kind of a Slater Kitty vibe. We didn't have any bassist. So we got Naomi in then. And uh, Red Miller left and Nigel replaced her. And then Naomi left and Fia left. And Barry came. And then Barry left. And now it's just me. <laughs> So I'm just like, which one is it? Is it me or Nigel who is the tyrant? We can't work it out. It's probably both of us. <laughs> well, it's it's great that you're able to remember all of the names anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good when you're when you're um talking about like when you first started, like it was just an instrumental band, like didn't have any lyrics. It was it was just well, like half was... singing, but it just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna ask like is, does it just kind of naturally gravitate towards you that like the task fell on you to kind of write the lyrics and then you've kind of been had it ever since pretty much yeah I think um well me and Fia used to sing kind of a lot but I kind of took over I think like maybe my ego probably just took over a little bit when I was like you know I was like 21 or something like that and just kind of like, yeah, I'm a singer, yeah, and just like went for it. And Sophia was like, yeah, class, you be the singer. And I was like, okay. And so, yeah, it was just my job then to write the lyrics. So, can you compare and contrast how you were then to what you are now? Like, does it feel like a totally different band, like both in terms of personnel and sound wise? Oh, completely different. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's just, and I feel like, you know, 
do you know now it's different as well because Barry's gone like I feel like the the album was just capturing us three together really and it was that point of time and I don't know like if if if, if you know the a next album would be different again because Barry wrote a lot of that um, album. So like in terms of the bass and the bass drives a lot of the songs. So, you know, if I was to write the whole album next time, like I, I wrote some of the bass lines, but I think it just be different again. And it just seems like an ever changing creature, do you know? Um, do you know? So yeah, it just, it just changes a lot really. So Barry's left the band now as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We didn't really announce it, but we just kind of put up press photos of me and Nigel on our own. And we're just kind of like, uh, we didn't really want to make a big thing of it because Barry was just like, oh, look, you know, we just didn't really want to be in a band anymore, which is fair enough. There's there's so much work to be in a band, you know, and sometimes you just want to have a weekend, you know, and just... <laughs> So what happens now? Is it just kind of like just gonna happy with where you are at the moment? You're kind of waiting for Corona to pass and you're able to play live again. Yeah, pretty much waiting for COVID to pass. Um, really, what what like I don't know what what is a band really if you can't play gigs? Do you know? Like you're just hoping that people still think you're relevant by putting up posts on Instagram and stuff like that. And you know, really like. You know, writing, writing, recording, and putting some, putting stuff out there. That's, you know, um, you can do that. But really, like, I just want to perform, and that will be really bitch falcon. It's just performing live, I think, um, and I want to perform this album live, and um, just you know what the future is. You know, I'd love to write more and put some more stuff out there. There's there's tracks written and stuff like that. They haven't been recorded yet, but. Yeah, it's just kind of a bit of an unknown. It's as, as unknown as COVID. <laughs> yeah, so it still doesn't feel like fully done yet. The fact that you haven't been able to play these live shows for this album, it still feels like it's uh, it's incomplete. Yeah, it does. You know, you know, the the whole release of, of putting out an album to me is is being able to play them live and to people who have heard them and can really get into it, like. And it feels like an unfinished thing. You know, you can't you can't actually express them the way you intended them to because you know there's it's it's there's a lot of production in the album, but it's it's most of the sound is just the three of us, you know. Mm. And so how have you found like personally, say the past year now of, of COVID, how have you handled lockdown? Like have you did it take a while kind of getting back into the creative artistry of it the, no, the music side of things i had to I'm, I'm a nurse so i'm just really shut off from the music side of things really like and so i'm just most of my kind of attention and energy is kind of put into hospital at the moment and so i guess when you know if you get an email from the label being like oh hey we need to get your Instagram and I'm just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, after COVID you know uh, so you know like a bit of creativity you know when it's quiet you know when when there isn't the, like at the moment it's really bad in hospital so it's 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 kind of hard to do anything else you know you're just it's full on <laughs> so um uh yeah there's no time for it at the moment but afterwards when 
the numbers go down in the hospital would be better <laughs> if if i had known that you were a nurse first of all i would have been like straight away just thank thanks for everything <laughs> you're grand it's my job but like um yeah it's kind of hard to talk about music stuff because it just seems like such a thing that I did long a long time ago <laughs> you know really because just because I'm just so cut off from myself like you know it's it's just so intense in work so it's like it's fine when there wasn't the big jump like in between it's fine you know you can focus you have energy to focus on music and stuff like that but when it's this bad like it just it just doesn't really have I can't I can't really afford to put any more effort into it really I just have to kind of focus on my work and I'm delighted about the choice prize and you know I'm really happy about it and uh I'm just you know uh I would love to have the release of having a party with everyone <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> uh, I can't imagine what that what that's like so like just I don't know it's it, it doesn't sound like you're reassessing everything but it does just feel like like everything else kind of has fallen by the wayside as, as this is all taken over so yeah like you know the first wave of it it was a bit mad in hospital but you know there was a bit of a novelty you know there was it kind of felt like a sci-fi movie you know you had your like deacon time area and and you know like getting changed into your ppe and it was kind of cool in a way and you kind of dealt with all the sad stuff and but now it's just you know people are a lot sicker and it's a lot sadder and it's a lot more intense so it's it's very very full on so when it comes to music I'm just like oh well you know that can just kind of wait until that all all the hospital stuff kind of calms down a bit because you know normally I work in operating theatre and it's and it's great you know it's just seeing blood and guts all day so it's loads of fun but like yeah at the moment it's just really really intense so you know it'll be it will calm down and and once that does then I can kind of focus on writing again and getting back into it and kind of figuring out what what the next step is you know yeah I don't know how much more you want to you want to talk about it you, you're on a day off so you probably want to just forget all about it yeah yeah I know yeah but I guess good to release somehow <laughs> um but just but just like from the the work side of things like it's not something that you signed up for like I mean the amount of uh pressure and stuff that you and like everyone in the hospital must have been under in the past year like does it make you want to at the end of all this just like go away just like leave everything behind and just like fuck it I can't do this anymore yeah like I'd love to not work in this area but then I feel it's my duty like so I I would really feel the guilt like I think that's how like that's how like they control a lot of healthcare staff is because you know it's a human element and you're dealing with people that you connect with every day so you feel that guilt to give it your all and if you stand up for yourself by just being like no that's not for me then you you can't help but feel that you're you know you're not doing your best job as a nurse and that's how they get to pay people not a, an appropriate wage and just because you know you feel guilty if you don't do it like you know there's people in work I was saying this morning to my girlfriend that was just like there's people in there on their days off 
just helping out or people that have done like nights, like eight nights in a row and then came in, had a sleep and then came in the next day to like help work because the staff is so low. And I think people are just so sick of hearing like, oh, the staffing issue that they just don't want to hear it anymore. But like, it's just so bad. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's awful. Like, but you can't, you can't I, can't, I can't leave it now, you know, like it's just, it's a part of me and I feel like it's, you know, I would feel bad if I didn't do it, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, okay. We'll, we'll get away from that. We'll, t- we'll take you away from that. Um, it, I, I know you're good friends with uh, Pillow Queens and Alvaretti yeah. who are also nominated for the Choice Prize. Um, first of all, it must, I don't know what the, what the relationship is there. Is it very competitive, like very angry, big rivalry going on? Like who's going to win? Yeah, I, I haven't spoken to them since. <laughs> no it's good um yeah no i'm delighted it's cool like it, you feel i feel like i'm in a little club or something like that you know um with my friends being nominated as well you know i like you know i was for sure that they would get no i didn't think that i would so i'm great happy to tag along you know um yeah yeah it's great it's it's funny you know it's funny like all text each other like ooh, choice prize nominated like you know messing but um yeah it's great yeah, I was I was talking to Sarah last year around the release of um the Pillow Queens mm. album and she brought up your name a few times. She was saying that like she'd be asking you questions, you know, like kind of just figuring out should we do this, should we do that? Like it's great. It's first of all great to hear that like there is that kind of um f- friendliness sort of thing in in the industry that like you're you're happy to like you know people who who you can ask questions. And also it must be good from your point of view that you're you know you've already experienced some some side of the industry as well and that you're able to give the advice yeah i think you know sarah now will it'll be the table will have turned and like she will be offering me advice now um but yeah it's great like and that's, that's the best way to be you know like everyone gets jealous uh, you know at times and things like that but you know don't let that ruin friendships you know there's been so many times like even like i used to live with my friend Aoife Spratt and she's an actor and uh you know there'd be other actors that she'd be really jealous of and i'd be like give it a month you're going to be best friends it always happens where you're like oh, i'm so jealous of this person it's just because you admire them as well like so yeah it, the pedicines are, are amazing already is great and you know it's great to have like a few friends that you can just kind of bitch about the industry as well you know it's you need that as well like you need to just give out everyone has their own common evils as well but um, yeah, I think it, I think it's pretty good. Like I think it's fairly healthy. I think, you know, I say a lot of people go through a bit of jealousy and, and competitiveness. But really, if you approached anyone, they would always be happy to ask, ha- ha- happy to help you. Mm. Did have you, did you find that like when when you were starting like that there was certain people that you were, you would ask questions of or seek advice from, or was yeah. it very much a learning curve? yeah absolutely like it was every band you know everybody encountered you know it was just like in the green room chatting about stuff and everyone would share no I don't think you know people that you know there could have been bands that like held off and you know maybe were a bit cagey and stuff but you know most people are fairly happy to lend a hand to people you know and you know if we got very big like I'd be happy to you know get as many bands there's loads of bands that I think you know should be doing hugely well like you know and and i would love to give them a leg up you know if i could 
Mm. And so what is on the agenda at the moment for Bitch Falcon? Is there anything on the agenda? Or do you just have to kind of wait out the vo- wait out coronavirus? Oh, yeah. Like, nothing. like I, I, no, <laughs> like we have to, you can record and put out stuff, but I w- wait till live. You know, you can do maybe some online stuff, but no, nothing until live music, really. And I think, I think there's a lot of pressure to keep on and like, you know, you know, stay relevant online. And I find that really tiring, really hard to do. And just like, I just, anytime I put out an Instagram post, I feel like I'm spamming people. So I'm just like, you know, I just don't want to, I, I, I feel most comfortable just playing gigs and I just personally as well, my own situation, I, I I don't really have the time to um, constantly marketing. So I'd say, yeah, just wait till we can get there out in the flesh, you know, and just play gigs. Mm. Did Did you do a live stream or anything like that? Have you done any live stream shows? No, we we were we were going to do one, um, and I think we will be doing one. We couldn't do it because it was just a bit awkward with the Rona, and uh, to film it around Christmas time, the cases were just getting worse, so we couldn't film it we were going to do one of those together in electric streams so i think we're going to do one of those maybe once it's a bit kind of calmed down and then you know the choice we we film stuff for that so no I, I was just going to ask like as as a live band how you found recording uh without the crowd in front of you and well, like seeing the reaction so well the choice prize one was really terrifying because it was great uh you know the production crew like we knew like a lot of the production crew and they're they're so sound and so professional and it was really good like they're really you know um kept everything really safe and stuff like that but then um but it's always terrifying in front of a camera because they have to wait to get you know cut and so everyone's just staring at you and you're just like oh god it was terrible <laughs> like it never stunned people into silence for how awful it was like but like then they're like oh yeah that was really good you're like Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Like, um, and I think, I think, you know, myself as an audience member, I would like, there's some live streams that I think, you know, are done really well, but I find them hard to watch, to be honest. How do you like them? Uh, I, I kind of go through um, ups and downs with them. It depends on mm-hmm. how, I, I guess, how often I've seen them as well. Like, there's some acts who have just done loads of them and it's kind of like i've already seen their lives yeah 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 um like like i don't think that i have any that i'm really excited about watching in the near future anyway i don't think you know and i think there's some that i was kind of really excited for and then i was a bit disappointed like rushy murphy's one i loved you know i like i thought it'd be amazing because i always love our live shows but it's just not the same as being there is it like yeah the, the, there's a couple that were brilliant like um the Lancome live stream yeah, from the Abbey last summer that was like a a film like it was amazing like it was it was just yeah I think that that's what they need to do like you know and and the the Katie Kim and Rady Pete one that was amazing and that was I think when they bring a bit of storytelling into it or something just a bit strange and, and interesting like you would kind of see in a gallery or something like that like it's that's so only way to keep my interest anyway mm. it's, it's just Lancome like they can do no wrong like everything they do is just amazing <laughs> Spud it's Spud John Murphy he's he's the man 
Um, okay, so let, let's end on uh, the choice prize. So uh, if not Bitch Falcon, who are winning it? Who's going to win the choice prize? Who would win? Um, it's a three-way tie between <laughs> Silverbacks, Alvaroni, and Pedagreens. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I don't think there's been a tie before in choice prize history, so let's wait and see if you're right. Yeah. Well, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> You're all winners in my book anyway. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, listen, thanks for taking the time uh, to talk about Bitch Falcon's uh, debut album. Delighted to finally get a chance to talk about it. It's really, really great. Thanks. Delighted to see it nominated for the Choice Prize. And uh, best of luck with um, both the professional side of things in, in the hospital and best of luck with uh, the artistic side. And hopefully you'll be back on a stage sooner rather than later. Thank you. Thank you so much.